What's up, everybody? It's Andrea. Today, we are super excited to see Sarek again. Picard uses some master diplomacy, and we ask the question, who even cares? Stick with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we're talking Season 5, Episode 7, Unification Part 1. This episode was written by Rick Berman and Michael Piller and directed by Les Landau. To the Federation's surprise, Ambassador Spock has traveled to Romulus. Fearing he has defected, they send Captain Picard and Data on a covert mission to determine why. Um, what are your initial thoughts on this episode, Cherise? My first thought was, oh, crap, it's another Sarek episode. I hope this one is better than the last one. So that was my thought. What about you? I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. <laughs> I always skip these two episodes. And I wrote in my notes, I was bored by Sarek in the episode Sarek. And I wasn't interested in seeing him again at all. Yeah. We talked last week about how we skip episodes sometimes. Even though we love the show, we've been watching it for for our whole entire lives, basically. There are episodes that we just routinely skip because they don't bring us as much joy. And then there are episodes that we watched so yeah. much that we have them memorized, like every scene, every line, every look, right? Yes. This, yes. this for me falls solidly in the skip category. <laughs> and, and that is largely due to the episode Sarek, which was just boring. It was just really, really boring. It was not entertaining in the least. So the thumbnails from this yeah. episode and from the next episode show th- this episode shows Sarek, I think in the next one, maybe shows Spock or something, but finding out that Sarek was coming back, I was just like, I-, I can't imagine this not being boring. Like I hope, but I hope I'm wrong because last week I usually skipped that episode, which is the game because I think it's a little cringy. Mm-hmm. But when I rewatched it this time, I loved it. And there were not mm-hmm. nearly as many weird, awkward moments as I recalled. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go in with an open mind. This may blow my mind, totally surprise me. Yeah. It's possible. Was it though? Did it though? No, it didn't. (laughs) It didn't, but it was possible until the episode ended when it was no longer possible. At that point, it was was like, like, so this episode still sucks. Yeah, no, this episode, I mean, I'm going to give my, my final thoughts on this. It's (laughs) slow. It's boring. It's unclear. And did I mention it's slow? It's just like, uh, this is very much a MacGuffin episode. There's like nothing, there's nothing that's really exciting or there's nothing that to focus our attention on. And also for me, like, I know I vaguely remember how it all works out, but not really like in detail. However, the idea that Spock is a defector to me is just laughable. Yeah, it's, it's like, like Cap- no. it's like Captain Kirk being a defector. You're like, yeah. he's not. Or Picard. He's really not. There's no or way. Or Picard yeah. being a defector. Or Riker. You're like, he, he's just not. So the whole premise of, oh my gosh, Spock has gone over to the dark side. I was like, no, he's over there doing something for the good of all mankind. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's not turning his back on this industry that he's like so passionate about. So yeah. even yeah. that just felt very like unbelievable for me. Yeah. Um, I have some trivia on this episode before we jump in. Um. I was totally gobsmacked when I read this. This episode was nominated for an Emmy Award, but it made sense for outstanding individual achievement in music composition for a series. So it's like, oh, okay. The music was like, it wasn't for the writing. You're like, this episode almost won an award or won an amazing award because they had really great sex. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah, yeah. okay, ah, okay, okay. There mm-hmm. it is. There it is. Um, this is the first time that we see Spock outside of um, the original series and maybe like some TOS movies. 
Um, and it's the first time that the Federation has visited Romulus, which is kind of cool. Now, unification was um, a suggestion made by Frank Mancuso Sr., the then chairman of Paramount Pictures, noting that 1991 would mark the 25th anniversary of Star Trek first airing. Mancuso proposed oh. to Leonard Nimoy that the Star Trek, um, the next generation and the original series should find a way to work together to mark the occasion. So I was like, mm. oh, okay. You just needed a way for Spock to come back. And how that are you going to bring him back? Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. And but at really, the start, did we need that? No, we didn't. But no. at, at the start, when the episode opens with a commemoration to Gene Roddenberry, yeah. I thought to myself, because later on in the episode, spoiler alert, Sarek dies, I thought, oh, maybe they came up with this storyline to commemorate Gene Roddenberry or something. That's what I thought. I didn't realize it was mm-hmm. the 25th year anniversary of Star Trek in existing. Yeah. But I also thought to myself, I feel like this episode does not commemorate him well. So it makes a lot of sense that he had passed away in the previous episode and they commemorated yeah. him here, but it wasn't in it wasn't in the storyline because this episode doesn't to me capture the imagination and creativity and dynamic nature of the world that Gene yes. Roddenberry built. I mean, you do see Romulus, you do see Klingon, you do see the Federation. So there is this mixture of political elements and different aliens, but I felt like this was not the quintessential episode of like, this is Trek to, to me. Mm-hmm. And probably just because I was bored to tears. Um, mm-hmm. And when I think of Trek, I don't think boring. I think interesting or thought provoking or exciting or like other positive words. Sure. So I did not know that. And that actually that makes a lot of sense. And I think it is cool that they wanted to commemorate it. And I will say they did have a few crossover. I think they had like three crossovers um, between TOS and all of TNG that I can recall. There was the first episode when like Bones came on board. Um, yeah. Which like we re- don't really remember because that episode was not great. Then yeah, was that was Encounter ep- at Farpoint. Yeah. yeah. Then this this episode with Spock. And then we have um, Scotty who comes back. And that episode I really like. That's a really fun <laughs> That's one. That's a good one. That's a super fun one. Yeah. And I wish, yeah. I kind of wish this one would have been that one because that to me would have been a better commemoration because it's a legit good episode with a character yeah. we love. Yes. Yes. It really is. This one was, it felt shoehorny, but that's fine. But yes, the episode does give a nod to the passing of Gene Roddenberry in a really tasteful and lovely pre episode. So, like a pre roll mm-hmm. that just said in memoriam and it had. Gene Roddenberry, 1921 to 1991. And um, played over it was just a very simple, like, Star Trek theme for, like, five seconds or so. And it was really lovely. I thought it was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what blows my mind is that season five commemorated the 25th anniversary since the beginning of Star Trek, you know, the original series. And now the Star Trek original series aired 53 years ago this year. So it's like, Oh my God, so many years have passed even since it's just blows my mind that it's still going. And you've got lower decks and strange new worlds and Star Trek Picard and discovery and enterprise and Voyager and deep space nine and, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just has snowballed into this gigantic machine um, that continues to crank out. Like I watched Picard, um, the season two finale just aired and like I've seen every episode of Picard I've seen every episode of Lower Decks which is hilarious and really funny and really great and like that stays within Star Trek canon and it happens by the way at the same um time period it's like set in the same time period as TNG so they make Mm -hmm. lots and lots of TNG crossover jokes which is really great but Gene Roddenberry love him or hate him or both he did create something truly magical and spectacular. It's the mm-hmm. entire reason that we are here to talk mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Um, but guess what? We're back to terraforming. 
I thought it was so funny when it was like, I was like another terraforming mission has been canceled, but that's probably for the best. Yeah. We haven't had a lot of good luck with those in the yeah. past. So let's Riker's like, damn it. I was hoping to pick somebody up, but okay. Ah, fine. I guess we can move on. <laughs> yes. Fleet Admiral Brackett comes aboard and tells Picard that the mission has been scrapped because something top secret has popped up. Something pop secret has popped up. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want popcorn. So three weeks ago, Ambassador Spock disappeared and left no word of his destination. And two days ago, he was spotted on Romulus. And it's like, wait, what? You know, which is also kind of cool because she doesn't say it was Ambassador Spock. She says an ambassador disappeared and left no word. And two days ago, he was spotted in Romulus. And then we see a very, very blurry image of a couple of people. Mm-hmm. This grainy, and it's, pixelated and it's And it's nice image. to know, yep, it's nice to know that spy satellites still in the 24th century take grainy AF photos. Mm-hmm. And they did it's the just like- now they're taking over like 50 million light years instead of like a thousand miles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still- Yeah, but still, it's still a thing. So they do the computer magnify, clean up the, you know, the like image or whatever. And we see it Spock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, Spock has defected? Oh. Or has he? Or has he? Yeah, we don't know. And, you know, Ambassador Brackett basically says, we're sending you to Romulus to find him and find out why he's left and what he's doing on Romulus. Yeah. But if he was really a defector, it'd be like, find him and take him out or find him yeah. and bring him back. Not find him and have some tea and chat and see what, how's he feeling today? Like, maybe what are you doing here? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. So I, I put in my notes, because I think this is where it cuts to commercial. When mm-hmm. you see Spock's face. I put in my notes, if I could believe for one second that Spock was actually a traitor, this moment would be very shocking. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I feel like there would have been other ways to bring Spock back in ways that would have been like, oh, Spock is here in TNG. This is like a huge momentous occasion. Instead, it's like, here's this completely unbelievable thing that this character who would never do this is doing so it doesn't track. It's like, oh, yeah. Like if it was some kind of like Vulcan is on the edge of destruction or even, you know, Romulan, uh, the Romulus is like going to war against the Federation or some colony or whatever. And like everything is falling apart and we're right on the brink of war. And there's one ambassador who can save it all, but like we need the enterprise to zoom this ambassador over Mm -hmm. to to the situation. And then the ambassador gets on the transporter pad and it's Spock, you know, Mm -hmm. that'd be like, Oh my gosh, it's (laughs) yeah. yeah, that'd be like a total, total freak out moment, total freak out. But here it was like, Oh, it's Spock, but that's, but Spock wouldn't what? So it's, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. No, I totally, I totally get that. It's very like, okay, now I'm going to just sort of gloss over some stuff quickly because this episode is so freaking slow and boring. Like we really don't need to go beat by beat, but like Picard ends up meeting with Sarek and his wife, Perrin to talk to their son to, or to talk to uh, Sarek to figure out like, do you know why Spock might've defected? And I do love that parent is still as fabulous as ever with her 20 pound necklaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She looks baller. She does. The yeah. woman. I love her know, headbands that go over yes, her ears. Those are cute. In fashion, the clothes wear you or you wear the clothes and she wears these clothes. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if I had a necklace on like that, that necklace would be wearing me. It wouldn't be <laughs> fierce and fabulous. And let me tell you, I'm a small, I'm only five foot one or just a hair under. So I'm really little, but I love big statement jewelry and I would not never be able to pull that off. Like she just, she kills it. She kills it. Yeah. She's um, she's beautiful. 
She tells she does. Picard that there was a, a rift between Spock and Sarek's relationship, which is pretty sad, especially since I think as um, data brings up later, the Vulcans are so long lived. So if humans yeah. live, you know, like a hundred years, Vulcans live like 600, 900 years, like a thousand years. They live forever. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a really long time to be having a rift. That's a really long time to be having. A, exactly. It's like decades and decades and decades of a rift. And now Sarek is on his deathbed. And Perrin does say that Spock didn't even say goodbye before he left, which was like, oh, that's that's that kind of hurts. And also that, you know, Picard's like, well, maybe was he kidnapped or something? Maybe he was coerced off the planet. And she's like, oh, no, he put all his affairs in order, packed a bag and peaced out. Yeah, like, he like he left exactly a note practically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This wasn't like you go to Spock's quarters to find everything like overturned and, and right. disheveled. And you're like, uh oh, no, it's like everything was nice and neat and orderly. He packed a bag and left. So Picard goes to see Sarek and he has to tell him that Spock is missing because Sarek doesn't know. And Sarek's in a really bad way. His emotions have completely taken over him. And there's this conversation that Picard has with Sarek that really broke my heart. This to me was the one memorable part of this whole slow, boring episode. Sarek snaps to and is lucid for a little while and tells Picard that Spock has been taken very much by this like Romulan senator named Pardek, whose ideas of unification between the Romulans and the Vulcans, like Spock is like very taken with this idea and this, you know, Senator Pardek. And when Picard asks Sarek, like, do you think that Spock left to go meet with Pardek? Sarek asks, how do you know about Pardek? And Picard has to take the second to be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sarek is suffering from dementia and it's has forgotten. It's a very Dory moment, right? Yeah, it's very it is. Finding Nemo Dory moment of like, follow yeah. me. Why are you following me? It's yes. Like yeah. And I thought to myself, like, how many millions and millions of people? have had these heartbreaking conversations with loved ones where they're lucid for a second and then they forget completely, mm-hmm. you know, what they're talking about or who you even are. Like um, my grandmother on my mom's side had um, Alzheimer's and dementia and she completely forgot who I was for, you know, the last like five mm-hmm. years of her life where she'd be like, and who's this? It's like, I'm your granddaughter. And I was like 10. So mm-hmm. I just kept having my feelings hurt that she didn't know who I was. Cause I was kind of too young to understand, but even just having a teeny, teeny little bit of that, it's like, Oh, Oh, that's yeah. so that was really sad. That made me super sad. It's heartbreaking and it's extremely frustrating, I'm sure, because you're repeating yourself yeah. over and over and you're thinking, why don't you remember? Or like they do remember for five seconds of lucidity mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they're gone. And you're like, but where did you go? And what like mm-hmm. almost like, why are you doing this? Right. When they have yeah. no control over it. I can imagine yeah. it's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's frustrating. Yeah. Because also you feel helpless because there's literally nothing you or anyone else can do at all to fix and you just this have to make it these, better. Yeah. And you just have to have these like repetitive conversations with someone, as long as you can stand to have those conversations really hard. And it made me so sad when Picard gave him the Vulcan salute and, and Sarek tried and struggled and couldn't get his hands to do the salute. And he said, and live, long the and, words. live long and, and it's just, and he started sobbing and I'm telling you, Michael Leonard, who plays Sarek, has such command and stage presence and such like timber to his voice. And to see this like strong man be reduced to sobbing because he can't remember like one word, just the heartbreak translated so poignantly to me, at least across the screen where I was like, Oh, like, I just kind of like, you know, clutched my heart a little bit. Like you poor, poor man, like this once powerful, you know, bronze statue of a man now reduced to like ash 
I was just so sad. It was super sad, even though I don't care for the character, but just to see like this decline in anybody is really sad. It was, it was, it was very well written. And I would say the same thing for the episode Sarek when they showed kind of the mental distress and Picard was acting it out. That was, that was probably the best scene in the episode. Um, But the episode itself, oh my gosh. So yeah, similar to this one, that was a very powerful moment, but the episode as a whole, not so much. Um, So we have this kind of B plot and maybe we can just kind of get this out of the way and then we'll go back to the Sarek thing because I don't I don't even know how they're related. Maybe they're not. But at the same time in the cargo bay, we find that there was this metallic object that crashed somewhere and the Vulcans need help identifying it. And Jordy and Riker, they're all trying to figure it out. And Jordy says all these pieces we've we've collected, it's kind of like trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle when you don't know what the picture is supposed to be. And I thought to myself, can't the computer just scan all these pieces and then estimate what the object was with like yeah, a thousand guesses like, a second? Seems like, yeah, seems like this is something a computer could have done real quick. Like, yeah, computer extrapolate uh, known positions of ships of this configuration and rebuild a model done. Or even just like scan, scan all these pieces and put them together in the most logical form based on their little mm-hmm. edges and what things have mm-hmm. been broken off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because we don't even know that it is a ship and it turns out it's not a ship. It's a communications array. But I just thought the computer can do this like, so fast. And then I thought, could computers do that in the nineties? Like, mm-hmm. would that have been a thought in their head? And I don't know the answer to that, but that was my thought now in our current time frame. is like the computer could have done this a lot faster. I don't, I don't see why there's a problem here. Like you just, yeah. you just tell the computer to do it. It just does it. Yeah, absolutely. Get it. absolutely. So finishing up this storyline of the array, apparently it was stolen from a junkyard that is being managed by the Zach Dorn. Hey, we get kind of a, where are they now with the Zach Dorn? I don't remember ever seeing them again. And that's not not that I recall. Yes. Not that I recall, (laughs) but they might be in another episode that we routinely skip. We haven't seen Zach Dorn since seasons two peak performance. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And to see that they have sort of different personalities. That's the Mm -hmm. one thing I don't love about, a lot of the aliens that are written, they're so one-dimensional and they all have the same, you know, like Klingons are all warriors and all, you know, every single one of them has that like ideal kind of like inbred into them and ingrained into them. But like, you never see a Klingon who's like, you know what? Peace might actually be a better option. Just like how you have people Mm -hmm. that are all different types. I love to see the Zach Dorn. We only see two ever as far as I'm aware, but I could be wrong. But like, you know, Kolrami was a fucking dick and this Mm -hmm. other dude wasn't so much. He was a little bit standoffish and unhelpful at yeah. the beginning and then very quickly warmed to like Deanna Troy and was mm-hmm. like, did I ever tell you about the time that I found like that? It's like he was just totally different from Korami, mm-hmm. which I, I loved. Yeah, same, same. I, I completely agree with all of that. And I, I did think like he was kind of a douchebag, but just the beginning. And then mm-hmm. and he seemed like a harmless douchebag. Like he wasn't actively trying to hurt anybody. It's just like what Troy yeah. said. He's the king of his dominion. And he's, he wants some respect and that is all. And who can't relate to that? Mm-hmm. So we go to this, this like junkyard and discover that the array is gone and that there's other, there's a whole ship that's missing as well. And so they're kind of like, what the heck is going on? So they lie in wait, they power down the whole enterprise to make it look like it's a ship. It's a derelict mm-hmm. ship, mm-hmm. which I again called BS on because I was like, anybody who knows anything about junkyards is never going to believe that just because your lights are off 
that is a derelict ship in a junkyard. <laughs> no one's going to believe that looking at the Enterprise. Y'all got a scratch on you. You're not missing any pit of your hole. Like nothing. Yeah, but- every other ship in there is like a blast. It looks like they just set up a junkyard where the remnants of Wolf 359 happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like exploded parts and just a little bit of like a nacelle and a little bit of a saucer section. And here you have this like showroom new pristine mm-hmm. ship. Flagship. That's, that's with just lights got off. some lights off. It's like, mm. Yeah, but okay. apparently these thieves are not that clever because they run right into the trap. As soon as they show up, they turn on the lights and they go, gotcha. And, they, and they're and they like, all right, you guys, we know you guys are stealing materials and we want to know what's up. So this ship, even though to me, it looked kind of small, maybe I needed to see, which they didn't do. I needed to see like a comparison between that ship it and the Enterprise. It did seem really small. Yeah. It looked really small, mm-hmm. but then Worf was like, their armaments are comparable to our own. Like they have the same firepower we have. So if we get in a fight, we don't know who's going to win. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get a chance to get into a fight. They shot it. They fired a few times at the Enterprise. The Enterprise fired one warning shot to take out one weapons array. At be- 75% power, by the way. But because the ship was full of explodey stuff, the whole ship <laughs> exploded. So we never got to the bottom of that mystery. Maybe we do in the second half. But guess what? We don't really care. We don't really care about any of this. Yeah, None I'm of this like, matters who was at that? All. What were they doing here? Why are they stealing parts of a ship from a junkyard? These and other mysteries won't be solved because we don't give a fuck. Like, yep. <laughs> you know, the, the part end. of me that wants answers to everything is like, well, I, I still need to, I still want to know, but it's like, but does it matter? No, it doesn't. I literally have no idea what happens in unification part two, because again, I haven't seen it in like 20 years, nor do I care. Like, yeah. nor do I care. So yeah, yeah, no, it they might turn it around in the that. second episode. Who knows? You might be like, oh, now it all makes sense. And it's so interesting, but I mean, it will, mm. it will make sense. Will it be interesting? Probably not. But I will say something I can't stand about the enterprise is that it's shields suck so bad. <laughs> like there isn't one <laughs> effing fight that they're in where like they don't get one phaser shot to their bow and suddenly shields are down to 41% and then they get two shots and shields are down to 8%. And then you shoot three times. Like, here's the rule. It's the, it's the rule of three. You have to shoot at the enterprise three times and you can just breach the hull. It's like, what the yeah. F you guys yeah. are the flagship. Let me say that again, the flagship. And you take three shots from like a Ferengi fucking junk boat. And like you get, now they can hit the, the hull. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Why are so, your shields so shitty all the time? That's a really good point. And the ship, we don't even know what this mystery ship was. It had no markings. All of it's like, you know. Yeah, it was flying no flags. Yeah, it was flying yep. no flags, which was super interesting. Um, so there's a, there's a game I play on my virtual reality headset that is a Star Trek game where you're like in charge of a ship and you go on battles and whatever. And there's these little like mini missions. And one of the missions is fighting the Klingons. But like your ship, when it gets hit, you have to actually take system power to repair that, that damage, like the shield. That's shields. cool. I want to play right. that game. Oh my gosh. It's so I hard. I don't have Oculus, but I really want to play that it's game. so hard. So like, can you, you just were... bring it over one time? I can. I absolutely. <laughs> so you can like recharge your shields, but then when you're recharging your shields, you're not recharging your engines or like you're fixing your engines, but then you can't yes. fix your comms well, or whatever. Yeah. So you're sitting there balanced. watching it like do, 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 do. And you're like, come on, come on. The Klingons are firing. Come on. Shields, come on. And then you see like. <laughs> Parts of the bridge start start like catching fire if you're not like repairing. Oh my the ship. god! And as it's getting hit, you hear it like pew pew pew, and you, the ship is like shaking, and you're like fire fire fire. And then um, if you if your shields are down, the ship explodes. And what the game does is it like zooms you out of the ship, so you're looking at your ship from space, and Exploding. you just see it go pop 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 boom. Yep, and it explodes, and you're like, 
Oh, <laughs> the game starts. Computer, over. start again. Yeah, game start simulation <laughs> <laughs> again. Let me tell you, I have never, I have never beat that particular mini game. Like the Klingons kicked my butt in that one. Anyways. Well, maybe if Starfleet had given us some better shield technology, True. we wouldn't True. be in this whole problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's the end of the B plot. Now, the A plot, which might as well be a B plot because we also don't care about that. Yeah. Um, the the B prime plot. <laughs> <laughs> we are so nerdy. Welcome to Calculus, the Star Trek edition. <laughs> yes, the B prime plot um, is that now you know Sarek is dying. Picard never got to tell him really like what he was there to tell him where it's like, we, we think that your son defect. No, actually he did. He did tell Sarek, like we think Spock might've defected. And Sarek said, what we were all thinking never, he Mm -hmm. never would do that. Right. He never would do that. The end. Yeah. We need to cross the neutral zone and the Federation is like, well, we need a ship with cloaking capabilities. So let's reach out to our good friend, Gowron, who we just helped install on the throne a couple of weeks ago. And as a thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and just request a, a, a ship that has cloaking capabilities so we can get into Romulan space. Which is like any of their ships. Yep. And Gowron is being a dick and just leaving them on read. He's leaving them on read. Turns out that Gowron has been rewriting history and there's no mention of the Federation ship coming to help at all during this Klingon civil war. And they're like, is there anybody else we know who can lend us a ship? And I was like, dang, that must be nice to have like this many people that you know that all have cloaky ships. I but, mean, it's just any Klingons, all Klingon ships have cloaking technology. Yeah. So they so have like, a single just, ally like Kern, you know, right? Worf's yeah. brother. That's a handy ally yeah. right there to be like, hey, can we just borrow your ship? Yeah. Um, yeah. Gowron's as far as we being, know, Kern's on his way to visit Armas on Vega too, because I don't think we ever really <laughs> see him again. So he's like way off. And this Klingon secretary responds to the Enterprise to let them know that Garon is just, he's just too busy to come to the phone right now. And he just mm-hmm. has too much on his plate and he cannot help them. And this is where I would fail completely as a diplomat, but Picard is a master at this. He says it so nicely when he lays out the terms of his request and they're like, you want to ship with cloaking abilities. That's kind of a big ask. We can't give you that. And Picard is like, well, you would have my gratitude. You would have the Federation's gratitude. And then the secretary's like, that's it. Your gratitude. Picard's like, well, if you can't help us, I'm sure we can find some other Klingons who can help us. And then they would have the Federation's gratitude and also pass along a message to your boss that he's doing great work at being the high counselor, wink, wink. And the secretary's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and gets off the screen immediately. And suddenly there's a ship with his compliments Ta-da! that just shows up. Yep. Yeah. I, I was, I was like, waiting for right. Picard to go off or something. I liked his very subtle threat because yes. it's right. He's, he's absolutely right. Like and that was just a beautiful threat, too, to be like, yeah, we backed you, but we could just back somebody else. And you know how that turned out, you know, for Gowan to be like, <laughs> OK, the ship's on its way. <laughs> how did how would Gowan do it? <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> That's a very good Klingon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he sends a Klingon ship and they, <laughs> and they head to Romulus. Um, and the Klingon captain is like. I don't want to be here. He's yeah, just, just another worst. dick. This was just like, a. I don't understand this character. Like, I don't understand the choice of creating this character. He was just antagonistic. He was kind of like a bully. He just like got off on trying to piss Picard off. And I mm-hmm. don't understand it. I was waiting for Picard to smack him. I was waiting for Picard to curse at him and cling on. I was waiting for Picard to be a little more cling on because usually that's what people who are yeah, in on the bullies respond to muscle. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And people who, who get along well with Klingons usually know how to pretend to be Klingon. Like they know mm-hmm. how to get respect. And mm-hmm. he just kept being like, oh no, this is fine. Oh yes, this is wonderful. Oh, thank you so much for your hospitality. And I was like, has he forgotten everything that he knew as like Kempex, whatever? Well, the arbiter. And I... as, as Worf's whatever, like he's, yeah. he's been a part of the culture and he just was dropping the ball to me. See, I, I disagree with you on that. I think that the Klingon was very passive aggressively trying to make Picard uncomfortable. And Picard was like, okay, two can play at that game. I'm not going to show any discomfort where the captain's like, you'll have to sleep on this hard bed. We don't put any pads on our bed. And he was like, great. I prefer it that way. And you'll have to eat with us. We don't serve Federation food. Picard's like, I haven't had gach in years. Very fresh. Looking forward to it. Like (laughs) when people try to make me uncomfortable, that's when I'm like, I'm just going to show you just how comfortable I can be. And like, and then after a while that Klingon is like, and just like takes off. It's like, cool. Okay. You know, but I could see why you would want to muscle as well. But I yeah. also get, that, I get, like, I get that. Picard that is scene. just going to not stop smiling. He's yeah. like, this is all great. This is, he wasn't trying to placate the Klingon. I think he was just trying to, he was playing a game of chess with him with a Klingon. It's like, well, we're going to take away your pillows too. And he's like, good. I have neck problems that don't even let me use pillows. So <laughs> you know what? Why don't I just sleep in the cargo bay floor? Like, it's fine. I will it's say this, this, like, I agree with you. I, I do like how he played it. But in the very beginning when he was talking and the captain was being so disrespectful of like, why should I take you? And I don't feel like going there and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for Picard to be like, you'll do as you're told or something. Mm -hmm. And he did it. And then at the end, when they go to Romulus and he's like, look at you, you're going to be captured. You don't even look convincing. And he's just like taunting them. I was just like, let's just wrap this up. Like I was waiting again. I'm waiting for Picard to be like, okay, we're whatever. And then like, let's go, let's go. But anyways, I agree with you. I think he did play it the right way when they were in this inside of the quarters. And I did like that scene. That's probably the only scene that I, that, that I enjoyed in the episode was (laughs) yeah. Data was just staring at Picard while he was sleeping. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. He's like, why are you looking at me? I'm not, I'm just, I'm just looking in your direction but I will look away. And then he like really slowly turns yes. and Picard he keeps like, his eyes on Picard, but moves his torso. And then at the last second moves his head to look the way his torso is looking. And I was like, okay. And I love that Picard's like, you know what? I'm not even tired. We don't need to sleep right now. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's just, let's just get to work. Like, yeah, I, I was like, Y'all sleep. Have- I need a pad to sleep on anyway. And I'm just on a metal shelf. So yeah, let's not even like, act like I'm going to get sir, sleep. You can take the shelf. <laughs> yeah, he like, does. yeah that, that is so really funny that was probably the only scene in this whole episode that i enjoyed <laughs> i did like seeing the surgically altered data in picard <gasps> yes i, did. Know, I mean this, that was the only scene i enjoyed i yes. did love 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 the surgically the altered data yeah. in picard. Oh, oh my so gosh great. this is our first time seeing data without all the gold paint on him yes yes as he's he playing was painted data and he was painted in gold but it translated on screen to like shimmery white yeah so it's too bad that the gold didn't which i don't know how that, i don't know how that happened well i don't know how that happened but i'm actually glad it did because i'm afraid he would have looked a little too much like c3po or something where it's like <laughs> yeah. he just ends up looking like 3po I'm like, eh. he 100 would have so i'm glad that he looked the way he looked but yeah i've just i've just heard him say so many times i was painted in gold everywhere and i'm always like but, but you're in like, you're was, in like pearlescent white. Yeah. That's, and I thought, did they put white on top of the gold? But no, no, um, I don't think so. And I think that's the magic of like working in that industry where you have to know how colors translate on screen mm-hmm. because you can't wear like a blue shirt and have it look blue. Actually, I've spoken several times about that really dope jacket that Picard wears mm-hmm. the like red 
you know, suede one with the shoulders Mm -hmm. and underneath he's wearing what looks to be a gray, just like Starfleet uniform top, but it's actually blue. I've seen other Hmm. pictures of it and I've seen it described as like, this is the first time that Picard wears like the blue shirt with the red jacket over. And I was like, what? Cause it's totally gray on my screen. Oh, that's interesting. So co- the way color translation, it feels like I'm learning to do pottery. And like when you're glazing, I can glaze something in black, but it's not black when you glaze it, it only fires black in the kiln. So it could be like mm. powdery white looking. And then you have to paint, you know, if you want to paint like flowers or something, you're doing some yellow or some red, but it looks like gray and brown and blue. And then when you fire it, it comes out totally different. So like just color Ooh. translation is really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It's science. Yeah. It I, is science. I it totally love seeing them and they have, and the Romulans have a little bit of a, of a, of a tone to their skin. That's a little bit off of Mm -hmm. um, natural skin tones that we Mm -hmm. usually see. It's a little like peachier or something. Mm -hmm. Or like orangey or something. Yes. Yeah. I love this part. Like Brent Spiner looks so great. Picard looks so great. And they're little like Romulan wigs with the, with the little bangs and, uh, Mm -hmm. and then they're huge (laughs) giant square shoulders. Cloaks. I was like, how did they even do square shoulders like that? Like, how did they do those box shoulders? Cause I, I, so so as I'm thinking of that costume, I'm like, hmm, now how would I make the, but then it stands straight and hmm. Yeah. It was just, yeah. that was so, Listener, Charisse that was is ama- she's amazing at this. This is not, I love doing hands-on stuff. I've been teaching myself lots of like leather crafting and embroidery and sewing and, da-da. but like, but in, sewing in terms of like embroidery where I like make little flowers or make whatever, but I can't make an outfit. I have no freaking clue how to do that. Nor do I want to know. I'm like, cool. <laughs> let's just leave that in kind of a neat mystery. But Sharice <laughs> is over here, like deconstruct. She's like, hold on. I'm making my Romulan cloak. I'll get back to you in, in two hours. Seriously, I literally do that when I go into stores and I see dresses, I'm like, Ooh, but how was the closure? Oh, a zipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have used a zipper too. Like I totally do a that. Friend, totally a friend of mine showed me who went to fashion, like went to like FIDM, which is the fashion Institute. Um, and like graduated from there and he's now doing fashion design and showed me how to make a zipper. And I was like, that looks really complicated. And I do not want to do that. <laughs> Let me know how that zipper goes. He's like, you need to put the closure here, here, and here because of this. I was like, uh, can I make you a cocktail? <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, you do that. I'll do this. But those cloaks looked so rad. Like I would want that. It, the material didn't look like comfy and soft, but if it was made comfy and soft, I would want to curl up with that on like mm-hmm. a winter evening. Absolutely cool. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and they, they're trying to find, um, they're trying to find Pardek's office and they're like, oh, his office is closed. We'll just go kind of across so, the alley. Just be- real quick, before they beam down, just before they beam down, um, Captain Cavada gets a message and he's all like, ha ha ha, subspace communication for you, Picard. So you're like, what's he so happy about? And then you read it and it's that Sarah had died. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my gosh, Aww. that's really, really sad. And Cavada, yeah. you are a dick. Yeah, you're um, a dick. And yeah, Why it was really you, sad. Yeah, stick to the gach, buddy. Like, yeah, was- for real. So public relations, not so hot. Yeah. They're adding to their mission of finding Spock and what the heck is going on. They're adding to it, having to tell Spock that his father has died. Yeah. And Picard and Data share this great conversation about family and fatherhood and conflict in families and what it's like, because Data has no reference. I mean, he should, because he's got conflict in his family. His dad is off his rocker. He hasn't met his mom yet, but she's also got a whole issue. I think his dad, I think, didn't Nunyan soon die already? He did die. Yeah, he died. But while he was alive. And his mom thing when we need her. Yeah, exactly. Although he doesn't have any emotions, so... He's just like, huh, this is interesting. But he can definitely but, yeah. comprehend um, some of the, some similarities, yeah. perhaps, between what's yeah. going on. But he doesn't fully get like the emotional ramifications. So they have this beautiful conversation about family and how it's complicated sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
So that happens. So now they beam down, they're looking for Pardek's office so that by finding Pardek, they can find Spock and figure out what's going on with him. And before they get there, Pardek gets called into some random official's office Mm -hmm. who's just like, Picard, do you know who Picard is? He's on his way. We think he might be coming to see you. Um, And Pardek's just like, I've never met this person before, but like, good to know. He's like, yeah, have the security officers be on the lookout for him everywhere. And he's like, yes, sorry, I will. When they showed the picture, they showed a picture of Picard kind of in his standard Starfleet uniform. Mm -hmm. It looks like he was straight out of the Starfleet yearbook. And I thought yeah. to myself, because as as before he left, the, the other guy was like, he may be disguised as one of us. He probably is. Because, of course, everyone's going to recognize a human walking around on freaking yeah. Romulus. On Romulus of but all I, places. Yeah. I thought to myself, and I also put this in my notes. Well, why did they just show, why did he just show Pardek a picture of Picard as he normally looks? Why didn't they do a computer mock-up of what he would look like as a Romulan yeah. and pass that around? Yeah, you're right. And, and again, I thought, well, is this that like a would computer... Look- so yeah. much better. Yeah. It would, it would make like, sense. If great. That's Here's a picture of what this kid normally looks like, but it's Halloween and they're going to be in costume and wig. So you're like, yeah, but, but yeah. And yeah. I thought to myself, like, surely their computers had the capacity to do that because even in the nineties police sketch, people could do this all the time. And yeah. I think they already had the technology even back then and police headquarters to be like, what would they look like with a beard or without a mustache or with red hair, or green hair? Like they do that when there's some criminal on the loose, they take, they put a whole mm-hmm. bunch of pictures out with all the different like haircuts and hairstyles that they might have so that you could recognize them. So I yeah. thought to myself, why wouldn't he show every, all the security people what Picard looks like as a Romulan? Because it's the only way you're going to see him. You're not going to yeah. see him looking the way Picard looks. Mm-mm. So that was my only little gripe about that scene is I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. you're right. Okay. Now this you're right. You're picking, right. Picking, picking gnats though, because the whole what? episode as a whole was kind of like, not worth this the level whole of thing. Depth. No, yep. it wasn't worth that level of like b- investment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they Picard and data find Pardick's office closed. They stop off at a little cantina across the alley to like wait. And Romulan soldiers are on t- lunch ever. Yeah. Some soup that looked nasty. And that but I was like, was just like, who are you? Are you the secret police? I'm a loyal subject. I just thought, yeah, I was this like, must okay. suck to live in a community like this. This must yeah. super suck. Cause you can't yeah, even it have felt lunch. Very, it felt if I had to draw parallels, it felt very like North Korea where it's like, you constantly have to prove your loyalty. Yeah. And watch your back where it's like, Oh God. Um, now soldiers are onto them really quickly and scoop them up to take them away to like a black site. And I got to say like two bites of soup. Yeah. Which by the way, if Picard was disgusted by that soup, but he loves gawk, how bad was that soup? (laughs) How bad was that shit? If, if he's like, Ugh. you know, and Dave's like, you basically might basically earthworms. It's just worms <laughs> that are like still live Bloody and still have a lot ugh, of dirt on them. Gross. Yeah. So ugh. anyway, Picard in this black site is like, you know, Pardek is like, we don't mean to alarm you. We just have to get you off the streets. We want to talk to you, which I'm like, maybe don't take me to a black site and point guns at me and then be like, don't feel threatened. You know? But I feel like that was also a good idea for them to take take the two of them by gunpoint. Because that's exactly what people in that society would expect to see. Yeah. And that is exactly what would make them all look away. They'd be like, that's oh, they're taking oh, another one. Man, look away. Look right about that. Look down at your food. Don't don't look too hard at them. Oh my like, God, you're you don't so right. Taken to- so I thought to myself, like, that was actually the perfect way to, to, to take them off the streets in a way that no one would ask questions. No one would think twice and no mm-hmm. one would talk about it. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right about that. But from their perspective, yeah, we're not going to, I'm not going to trust you if you're holding me at gunpoint in a freaking yeah, cave. Yeah. Ex- Exactly. Um, Picard says he's like, I'm on an urgent mission to find to find Ambassador Spock. And a voice says, 
you found him, Captain. And then a man comes out of the shadows and it's Spock. And I wrote on my notes, bum, bum, bum. That's the ending. <laughs> That's it. It just, it goes black and it says to be continued. And you're like, oh, okay. And I don't know why that would, I don't, I don't know why that would have been exciting at all because we know he's going to find Spock. That's the whole reason they're on Romulus. I mean, you may not expect him to find Spock right at that moment, but like he's there to find Spock and if he's Star Trek find tells Spock. us anything, if you're looking for one needle in a haystack, you're going to beam down to the most direct coordinates where that needle is. So it's like, okay, if they're like, Oh, he's on another continent. It's like, damn it. We like came to the wrong location and now we're going to have to get a shuttle or some sort of, you know, Han Solo is going to have to, you know, smuggle us <laughs> to some other part of the planet. But it's like, no, you, you went right to the right location. So you found him. Okay. It's like, where's Waldo when there's only Waldo? He's the only one in the picture. In an empty room. He's right there. We found him. So, but we knew we were going to find that's, him because that's the that's name of the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we knew that. <laughs> we, yes. We knew it. <laughs> My final thoughts, which I started with at the top of the episode are slow, boring, unclear, and slow again. So that's it. How about you? what I put was um, while there is certainly a mystery here, you know, why did Spock go to Romulus? I'm just not hooked by this story. I don't care about what's going on. And I certainly don't care enough to have a sequel. I am unenthusiastically looking forward to next week to have to, to to get to do this all over again. But I did see the little thumbnail preview and it looks like Sela comes back, which is um, Yar's half Romulan daughter. Yeah, she comes oh, back. Oh, we so see Sela again? Okay, she's a, cool. She's a part of this. And you and I talked before in the episode when she when she was revealed, where we yes. were like, we thought she died, but I guess she didn't die. And I don't think she comes back. So apparently she comes back and maybe she dies. Maybe that's why we thought she dies. Maybe she dies in the next episode. I don't know. But I do know her character is awesome and interesting. So maybe mixing her in with mixing in Spock and mixing in yeah. Picard and Data as Romulans, maybe that combination or that cocktail will make part two actually an interesting episode. Yeah. Fingers yeah, crossed. that that could be. So I didn't know that Sila comes back in this episode. I did after we did our review um, of Redemption Part Two, and we see Sila, and she gives her whole story about how she's Yara's daughter from that alternate timeline. And da, 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 da. Like you and I both had said, like I don't think we ever see her again, which makes her departure kind of like non, you know, like anticlimactic. Absolutely, but. Um, we did talk after and we were like, oh, I guess she does come back later on, which I was like, okay, cool. I look forward to that. But I also look forward to it just enough to see her storyline wrap up in some sort of satisfying way and then and then be done with her. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. do have to get through unification part two. But guess what? The week after that, we're doing a matter of time, which is like that time traveler yeah, who comes back and is stealing one. shit everywhere. That's a yep. really fun episode. Um, so guys, this is where the episode ends and we're really happy to be done with it. Next week, we're talking season five, episode eight, unification part two, the stunning conclusion to this major cliffhanger that everybody's so concerned about or not. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the TNGpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.